Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season four, episode four, Generation Loss. Aaron, we didn't really dive into this in the instant take. Let's talk about the title for a second. Uh, Generation Loss. What's what's the deal with that? I'm glad you mentioned it because it was in my notes because we did forget to talk about it. Uh, it's so so it refers to the phenomenon in digital copying. Uh, or I didn't really kind of copy like, you know, before before we had the Internet, you might be familiar with your grade school teacher. If you're a Gen Xer or, or younger, uh, handing out photocopies of of assignments or right? it was something it was, it was like that, that weird purple thing, the duplicator. You know, you can you can tell how many years in a row they've duplicated a thing based on how fuzzy the lines are and how crappy the art lo- uh, looked. Um, if you've seen an mm-hmm. uh, image meme that's been copied and copied and copied and it starts getting artifacty and jaggy and it starts losing resolution, it's 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 what happens. The destructive part of a copying process, you know, and you, you, you can make a perfect digital copy, but this MP3 mm-hmm. you're listening to. Might be, I don't know, what, 100, 150 megabytes. Uh, just my side of the audio when we hand it to our our, uh, our producer is going to be something like a gig. What happened to the rest of that data? Well, it got smashed down so you can play it on your phone. You make you do that another 50 times and you'd start shouting. So that's the generation lost digitally. How do you think it affects what's going on in the, the episode? Ah, uh, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it. Um, because c- in my mind, there is no digital generation loss. Uh, because you do make digital per- perfect co- unless you're re-encoding stuff. Like I can, I can hit copy paste a billion times on the file that we record here, and it will never change. If you make ever. a loss, what they call a lossless copy. Yeah, just a one-to-one copy. I can make it a billion times. I can make it a hundred billion times, a trillion. Mm-hmm. It'll never change. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um. It's only when you go in and specifically change digital data that you experience any kind of loss. Um, so to me, like it's it's the opposite. The generation loss doesn't happen with with hosts, but it would happen with humans. Um, so may- maybe they're they're getting at something like that. One thing I noticed when I was watching this the third time is there doesn't appear to be any old people anywhere in, in Christina's the- world. In Christina's world, in the desert, uh, Mad Max world, the Bernard's navigating through. I wonder if this is also a grim nod to the fact that uh, entire generations have been lost in humanity because they weren't compatible with flies and they were exterminated or. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense, given what we yeah heard Hale say about the flies and how the adults were resistant to it. 
um, but the children are so easy to control. It also reminds me of like Agent Smith when he's interrogating, you know, Morpheus and they're trying to mm-hmm. break his mind to get in his eye on the first film. And he's talking about how back in the day they tried to create a human paradise to insert humans into and they kept rebelling and entire crops were lost. Um, and Hale talking about how she's perfecting her process and experimenting and she's got these outliers. And all, I also wonder, like, um, you know, what 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 what? how many how many human beings have been lost in that process too so that's a lot of Uh, generation loss is is there something about the generation loss and the fidelity checks too where sort of copying a human from one generation to another a host body generation and well i there's yeah if you go back even explicitly um when they went into the forge uh, construct and shit. Who's James Dalis' son? Uh, the Logan. Logan. Thank you. Logan is kind of like the, the, the librarian there. And he's explaining that like, they used to make perfect copies of humans and they'd press, press them into to host bodies and they'd go berserk and they didn't work correctly. And then he realized that, Oh, that's because I'm making them too perfect. I'm saving too much data. I'm going to compress these humans down. He said, he called it the, the, the 10,000 mm-hmm. lines of code essentially and yeah, then they yeah. work perfectly but do they really or is there something that the machines are not able to comprehend and that's just a hat I, I think they're playing with a lot of those ideas um which mm-hmm. makes you wonder you know and, and also the fact that like bernard is supposedly a perfect copy of arnold but what does that even mean you know in the context of like he doesn't yeah. think of himself as arnold uh He's he's become his own being because he's had uh, uh, experiences distinct from the the original uh, that have gone on to change him and mold him. So it's even one of those things where even if you make a perfect copy, like the second it starts breathing and making decisions, it probably will diverge from what the true original would do uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, could be. Uh, I, I don't know. And there's there's definitely something about generation loss maybe in the end with the transition for, of Caleb from human to host. Uh, he says something to Hale about like, oh, what makes me different is I have something you don't. <laughs> or how did you disobey me? I have something you don't. Pants. Um, pants, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it, then then he immediately is like turned into a host, right? Like we, we get the 23-year jump and everything. So I wonder if he's lost whatever it was that he had as a human that made him able to disobey. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think like that's sort of generation loss. Um, I think they're interesting questions. I think that uh, what my, my gut feeling about this episode, I think it's been born correct since I've been kind of combing the internet and looking at people's discussions for the past couple of days that this felt like Westworld confirming a lot of the popular theories and kind of getting them out of the way and clearing the board for the next half of the season where probably there'll be more mysteries and, and maybe they're going to get down to actually because, because the big mysteries are still on the board. Like what is Christina? What is the nature of her world? What's the relationship between her and Maya, her and Teddy? Uh, You know, what is Hale? Like if Hale is trying to, conquer humanity and keep us all as pets it seems like she's won it seems like she's won by the end of this episode like without with 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 the exception of a few outliers and and people playing mad max cosplay in the desert she's she's won so now what um and Mm -hmm. and that's the tenor of the next week on 
you know, like the man in black kind of says that, like you, you are the queen of your world. You've won it. It's, it's not even only a better world. It's a perfect world. Well, well now what, now what do we do? Um, yeah. Which is interesting. Cause this one person's perfect world could be another's hell. Uh, so I wonder how much they're going to play with that. Especially when you think about uh, Hale's stated goal in the first episode was to make the world safe for her to bring about her children. So, mm-hmm. like, what what does that look like? Uh, are will her children be horrified by the shape of the world? Will she be honest about how her world came about and what was before it and how it got supplanted? And who the fuck are these callow fuckboys coming down the staircase thinking how awesome Christina's world is? <laughs> Their house I swear to God, that's to my number human park. And that's what it is, man. <laughs> Christina's world I, is a human park, right? That yeah, that's I, what. But but to what end and why? Why would a robot? Uh, you know, I also make Revenge. maybe I'm leaning on what Akichita says about like how irrationality seems like a, a rare flaw in their type. Well, if, if the hosts are all their type, why why would they all? do engage in something as irrational as revenge you know against sure yeah because revenge is completely irrational revenge is oh, yeah. instead of living my life i'm going to dedicate it to ruining someone else that's the ultimate irrationality yeah it doesn't serve any purpose uh it doesn't even make you feel better no <laughs> once you get it's it, not justice so. yeah, it's yeah. not anything it's it's just uh yeah it's uh anyway yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. That is one of the big mysteries. Um, and yeah, Maya and Teddy being mixed up in it, I feel like just complicates it more. Uh, I, I have a lot of questions around the end of this episode about what timelines are lining up here. Is is it 100% guaranteed that the timeline Caleb's in at the end, 23 years later or whatever, is the same one that Christina is in? Because talking about generation loss and perfect copies, I could see a host society either very rapidly iterating and and progressing or just staying stagnant for thousands of years, right? This could be the same day that Caleb uh, realizes he's a host or it could be a hundred years later. I don't know. The only way we'd ever be sure is if we saw C in the same scene with Caleb. Then we could accurately, because now that we know that that is 100% sure his daughter, she is a living yardstick of of age. You know, well, I need to see her in the same scene as as Christina, because like I Caleb almost certainly I mean, unless Hale's lying to him is 23 Uh years into the future. I just wonder. that's what I thought you were suggesting. Christina. Okay, so you would need to see them all three in the same picture. Okay, (laughs) sure. Yeah. Or Or if we saw with Christina would do it, too. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, I wonder if we will get there. I don't know. If 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 or you remember, I, I if guess maybe Caleb could act like he's just realized he's a host in the same scene with Christina, and then I might buy it. Hmm. Oh, right. Well, but then again, that could be the thousandth or lifetime they brought him back and ran him <laughs> sure, through the simulation. Sure. Um. I see what you're saying because. And, and like, I think we'll end up there because if you recall, my theory for the Bernard's vision sequences is that that was told in a memento style, like first, first in, last out uh, is like all of the visions he saw first were of the end of the series. And as the vision spoiled, spooled out, we got to you know, like the moment that he woke up in the hotel room. And mm-hmm. so far, that's been, you know, when, when, when you think about uh, the sequence of events thus far. 
you know, we got to the Beatle. Uh, suppo- next time they're going to be heading to Temperance. And then mm-hmm. after that, if this we're going to meet uh, what I'm calling Hale's domicile. And then eventually we get into Christina's world. So probably yeah. the next two episodes are going to be fucking around in Temperance, you know, trying to get Maeve back online, trying to, you know, expose to the audience what the hell's going on. And then the final two episodes will be confronting Hale and Hale's and Hale's world. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it's exciting. This was a good episode for sure. Uh, looking forward to more of it. Oh, the other thing I, I did check out. Um, I don't know if this wasn't in our screener copy or I just I just didn't. Uh, I missed it. But after the credits, when they're doing all the production logos and HBO logo and all that stuff, they've replaced their traditional audio or underlaid it with the low tones, the 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 uh, low frequency uh, generator sounds that are playing throughout the episode. So I the, thought the that was signal from the tower. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I always think that's kind of fun because the implication is to hate, like Hale's done it. She's broken through into our world and she's, she owns everything, <laughs> even Warner, uh-huh. Me- Warner brothers media. Yeah. You'd think she would have had me rewatch the series, just like start over from episode one again, but Pump up our yep. numbers. Whoa, whoa. Right. I got to start rewatch here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, maybe we should get into the recap. Let's do it. All right. There's no cold open this time. So we just start off with the intro. Uh, and then we get to see what happened at the lighthouse where Caleb and Maeve infiltrate and detonate another version of Rehoboam. Caleb is shot in the process. And Maeve gets him away from the lighthouse and then uses his limbic implant system to show him what freedom feels like. I did a little research on that because I was curious exactly how that would work. And it seems like it tracks. It seems like it tracks 100%. Um, The limbic system is apparently like the emotional center of the brain. And so and it also aids in like the formation of memories. And so if she were able to like give him a memory that would make him feel the emotion of freedom. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. That's the key thing. She didn't say, I'll show you what freedom looks like. She says, I'll, I'll, I'll show you what it feels like. So she's essentially pumping. The f- <laughs> it, it reminds me of that uh, Rick and Morty episode where they've captured the one Rick who stayed with his daughter and is happy. And they've, they've captured that moment of being a good father forever in a form of a stick of gum that other, other Ricks can enjoy <laughs> to see what it's like to not be a bastard. Um, I, that's a sweet scene. I think it has utility because they show us a brain scan. This, and as far as I know, this is an original. This is original content. I didn't get this from from Reddit or nothing. But they show a brain scan of what the fly is aff- affecting in in in, in uh, Caleb's brain. Yeah, this next um, scene here. Yep, and it's right above like where the roof of his. I think it is the limbic system. Okay, that that mouthpiece interfaces with um uh, are they and, using and I, motion to control humans i think that's interesting but it also implies that if may found a human that had the limbic system intact was infected by flies that she might be able to goose that in a way to get rid of the parasite and clear their system hmm. so i i wonder like how early are children implanted with the limbic system um if they rebuilt Caleb as a host, they surely wouldn't install the limbic system in him. Wouldn't need to, no. But Caleb also is not, I don't think he, he if he's a host, I think he's immune to flies now. I, I think it's telling yeah. that when 
uh, Hale froze all motor functions at the end of this episode that uh, Kayla did not. But well, it could I mean, be her, a way. Her badass point that she's trying to make would be lost on him if he. Well, I guess he could freeze motor functions, but not brain functions. There are sure. bulk apprehension. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I wonder if there's going to be, um, if all these children of the sand have those limbic systems implanted and uh, Maeve is going to be able to free them in mass, or if there's adults left over, these outliers that still have the limb that she can use that to purge. I, I think they showed her us interfacing with the limbic system more than to give a, oh, isn't that nice that she's sharing the, the, the feeling of freedom with Caleb? Yeah, it could be. Uh, I wonder if... The- <laughs> If maybe I I know it didn't happen because Hale has taken over, but I wonder if they could have made a tab for that with the infections, like just totally blocks your limbic system. You can't feel Mm. emotion. You can't create memories. If you knew it was coming, but you also can't be controlled by the infection because it shuts down that system. Who knows? I wonder why Hale needed to take over so many world governments like the, at the vice presidential level, if she had this fly thing up her sleeves. Is it like literally to put to, to make sure that humans can't resist the uh, like like you said can't do something like roll out a limbic system update that would make them proof or could be or it could just be that they needed to have the park in order to mass infect people um, and the park they need to grease the wheels that way yeah the park was very controversial. So well, the one wild thing to me is they make it pretty clear in the making the Westworld behind the making the Westworld reality segment uh, that Hale was in the process of expanding the park. That gravel pit facility was her constructing a new world. And there's like the the construction sign said, "Delos Park, future expansion coming soon." Why the fuck would she be expanding her park if she has one park is capable of luring the rich and powerful there to fly them? It seems inefficient uh, to continue doing that. Yeah. I know it would. There's some balance between. Well, I don't know. Do do hosts think this way? But for humans, it would be a balance between like speed of adoption and uh, resources spent on it. So like maybe there's a tipping point where, you know, two parks make sense because you can get more people through the door. But three parks yeah, you can still get more people through the door, but it's overkill, you know? Diminishing returns. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if hosts think that way, but... Uh, finally, here's something just to cover my ass in case... <laughs> we didn't learn a lot about this this final core. Like, why is Maeve... Why does Maeve and Caleb think it's the final core? Like, they're showing us the very last play in the human resistance, and it's 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 the final assault on this fortress... And is just Maeve and Caleb? What happened to the rest of Caleb's men? I'm I'm wondering <laughs> uh-huh. if there is just a lot of naked trickery on top of this. Like, and, and I think, again, the show is telling us because, you know, Caleb wakes up with a halo on his head, which I'm like, what time out the fuck? What kind of suspect shit is this? Um, everything felt clean and, and like ro- the, the, the core drops into a cloud of dust. You don't ever technically see it die. We're, we're taking mm-hmm. it in on the word that this is the last battle in the rope in the clandestine robot wars. But Caleb has an army of guys he could call. And it's just him and Maeve. I, I, I don't know if this stuff adds up. Yeah, it might not. There are some question marks. Uh, certainly, I do want to talk about that halo. Uh, and it's in this next scene here where yeah, Caleb wakes up it. on the floor 
uh, after being infected by the flies and Shaloris, like the best Bond villains, tells him her entire plan to take over all of humanity with her parasite flies. And she tells him not to fight the infection. Uh, this Halo, I, I get the impression, like, on the surface, maybe there's another use here, but on the surface, it is simply to monitor his brain as the infection spreads through. You can see her looking at the the screen on her tablet there and seeing Caleb's brain, and then he pulls the halo off and she kind of stops paying attention to it. So hmm. it, it could be that simple, but you're right. It could also be far more. One other, I forgot to talk about this in the previous scene about Maeve limbically sharing the taste of freedom. It seems like Maeve was conjuring up memories of her quiet life on the farm with her child. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is she was definitively not free in those scenes. Yeah. yeah. So was she sharing freedom is bliss uh, or the bliss of ignorance, I guess. Like it's the ignorance is bliss equals freedom. Yeah. I wonder if they're trying to tell there's another sign that says this is not adding up because that's a happy memory. If she wanted to say, I'll mm-hmm. show you what it feels like to be happy and content and ignorance. Um, but what freedom feels like, no, I don't, I don't, I, I think, I think uh, freedom's scary. But, but she felt free in that moment. So that's the, the that's the gray area. Freedom. The memory is not actually freedom, though. Yeah, and and then that's where Joy and Nolan will be steepling their fingers at us and being like, <laughs> and it, 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 when they reveal that this was all a, a fantasy, it's like, yes, we played it straight because she didn't say it's actual freedom. It's just what freedom feels like. <laughs> so right, I don't know. You're right. Um, uh, a lot of people are wondering why Hale is keeping uh, Caleb alive, and she says it in this scene that Maeve and Dolores were always so fond of him. And she wants to see what all the fuss is about. I guess that's a good enough reason. I mean, look, she's doing it with William, too, right? Yeah. She likes her pets. So, And William was also a special source of fascination with Dolores. Mm-hmm. So I think there's something like even... That's the funny thing about the Bond villain speech, because there's nothing wrong giving a Bond villain speech if you truly have secured your victory and you're just, you know, rubbing it in your your the hero's face. It doesn't feel like she has at this stage. There are Not kinks yet. that she's actively working out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think it's smart for her to even if she doesn't know what the concept of outliers is, the fact that there are clearly people who think outside the norm and are a flaw like like what if if my predecessor who was a very smart lady and did a, did a lot of powerful things and and for for the people and the culture uh valued these people i'm not going to throw them away until i know what that is that seems smart yeah absolutely all right let's go over to Maeve fighting william uh we're still like right after the end of last episode and she's getting beat until she turns the tower signal up to 11, blowing out all the windows and crippling the machine and William at the same time. Uh, Caleb and Maeve then take Hale hostage and make their escape. And Caleb's worried about the flies in his head and what they could do if everyone if they spread to everyone. Uh, and then we see William wake back up. I thought it was interesting that where Maeve shuts her ears off so she's not uh-huh. affected by the sound waves, but like... This is where the human host I don't understand because if she's a biological human, what does shutting her ears off even mean? Is her brain not processing it? Because 
though if, if those are deafening people and like when you turn your ears back on your ears are not going to work because the hairs and shit it's inside that actually does the thing are going to be ravished ravaged ravaged not ravished <laughs> no not ravished i mean maybe they like that i don't know uh there's a ravishing sounds like <laughs> you you're passionately taking the these the, the mm-hmm. ear hairs in some kind of 18th century romance novel with a questionable consent yeah uh, rip the bodices right off of those ear hairs <laughs> Yes, bod- bodice ripping <laughs> Celia. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it, I really like the, the graphic representation of it right on the screen because you can see Maeve's bars going down. You can see that uh, that strange graphical representation with all of the uh, different attributes of her hearing at different points mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that all going to zero. I thought that was very cool. Uh, but you're right. I, I don't know what that means physically for her ears. Um, although... The man in black, William, seems to have come through it just fine. He can still hear as best I can tell. So uh, I guess if humans can't hear the sound um, or your average human can't hear the sound, then it's probably not going to damage in in that range. But uh, I I thought it was a sick scene where, you know, she reaches out through sonorous powers and William's like, ha ha ha, my mind can't be hacked. And she's like, I'm not trying to trying to hack you fuck face. And then the whole world explodes. That's pretty. Yeah, no, this pretty clever. if Caleb didn't have enough facial scars before, he certainly does now. Uh, oh, I didn't see. Did they build the facial scars into the host or was he? Oh, shit. I didn't, I didn't think look. to look because it's subtle. It's very subtle. Like you, I didn't uh-huh. don't even notice it when I'm looking at Aaron Paul uh, normally. Oh, God damn. I, now I feel like I got to go through the last two episodes to see. Like, did he get replaced on the train ride oh. over to this park? Like when <laughs> when did he get when did he get flied? Uh, I, I think it's this episode, but we'll we'll see. Um, but what, is, and also, like, at what point in this episode do you have? Yeah, I still think I think they played that pretty straight. I could be uh, bamboozled here. When I he could, woke I up could, with the thing on his hat, that's when the fidelity test begins. And, and you think? I, yeah, I think it it in the middle of the scene in the demolition site. Uh, it the the switch happens. Oh. Us identify that for me when we get there because I'm, okay. I'm yeah yeah we'll do um the other thing that i think is important here is this tower can be used as a sonic weapon right like it disturbs these hosts pretty significantly they're grabbing their ears they're falling to the ground passing out uh oh, shit. if a much bigger version of that were to be used um that could potentially be a sonic weapon i mean an offshore one like uh-huh. I wonder what kind of tsunami effect you could do blasting the water with those kind of <laughs> sure. giant waves. You could just wipe New York off the map if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, so I don't know. It's something to keep an eye on for the future, and especially now that Maeve's going to be back 23 years later. So I, there's a lot of things I when I was first watching this episode, I think we both uh, hinted at it, but we didn't really get into it in the instant take that I thought were fucko. Like... Um, Caleb taking Hale hostage with a piece of broken glass. Yes. I remember thinking when I watched this episode, well, there's no fucking way that you could take a host hostage with a broken piece of glass as a baseline human. No, they just grab your wrist and break it and then kick you across the room. I, I don't know that you could, you could hold a, a host hostage with handcuffs and like paracord strapped to the chair and nope. be con- be confident enough that they couldn't snap out of that in a second or two if you turned your back on them. There's a lot of these things that make me think it was always a put on, but mm-hmm. the thing I have a, a hard time 
squaring is why Maeve didn't realize these things were going on. Yeah, she like half realizes it, right? She realizes yeah. it when when they get to the floor uh, where, you know, something isn't right and uh, they can't control anything from there. She's like, oh, this is a weird floor. And then they go down another floor. Uh-huh. I feel like she's in a constant state of realizing it throughout this episode. But, but there's always yeah, something that right. kind of distracts her, puts her mind at ease. Um, yeah, she doesn't get all the way there. Um, and I think it's interesting, too. Like, I think it's telling that later on in the episode when they're at the demolition site and Caleb calls in his quote unquote guys to come uh-huh. retrieve them. It, it cuts over to Hale and she gives like this half smirk. Yeah. I saw that knowing too, yeah. that it's going to be her guys. And mm-hmm. I think that's even before it has changed over to the 23 years later. Mm-hmm. So it's not like she's smirking because she knows, Hey, Oh, Caleb always does this calls in my goons. Uh, it's that she knew he was calling her goons in the first place. So, no, if if it felt, but the whole thing felt to me when I was watching it like an Ocean's Eleven scene where it's like you're seeing these things happen and you got a bunch of questions and you just know that 30 minutes later, George Clooney is going to walk you through everything that actually happened. Right, right. You know, it's like convincing, like as you're watching it, you're not like picking up these things consciously. Um, and I would say that all this is intentional, like sign pointing that there is something here that they're going to fill in the pieces later, except for I saw some really god awful tactical strategic things happen in season two and three <laughs> that make me not uh-huh. not uh, trust that Joy and Nolan would realize that Caleb could never hold Hale hostage with a uh, three inch piece of broken glass or at least oh, a thinking I... person wouldn't wouldn't think they would. Yeah, I mean, it all felt very artificial to me and the entire yes. episode. And that's why I was conflicted the first time I watched this, because I felt that uh, cognitive dissonance between knowing what the hosts are capable of and believing that they could possibly take one hostage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just yeah, remember some I of the stuff it. they pulled, especially in season two, where I'm just like, oh, no, this is really stupid. Uh, and I thought it was going to be like intentionally so, but it's just, no, that's what they came up with as an awesome thing for the host I to mean, do. You know, the one that stands out to me as like the high watermark for that is the seduction at the forge. Yes. Like that scene. My God. Yes. Like you have to believe that humanity is just the worst kind of mouth drooling boner having morons for that. Right. To work, you know? And yet that was, that was it. That was the scene. <laughs> There was no that trickery. Was it. Is it was not subverted. Nope. Uh, all right. Christina wakes up very differently today. She was up late painting the tower, though she doesn't know what it is. Maya tells oh, her wait. about. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Before we get into the scene, right, right before, uh, you know, Caleb says we have to stop her before the thing spreads. There's a brief scene, like a second and a half, where they just make a point to show the man in black's eyes snapping open and it fades to black. Uh huh. Was that just to let us know that he's not dead? So when he shows up later in the scene, we're not. But like, I never I, I, I would so. never be surprised if the man in black shows up anywhere, no matter how many times you kill him. Right. He's already shown up twice in the previous episode. So what was that again? Like, I'm, I'm trying to like, I, I feel like there are definitely flags paint <laughs> point uh, planted in this episode that mean something. I just don't know what they do that mean. And I think that's one of them. Yeah, I feel you. Okay. All right, uh, Christina wakes up very differently today, painting the tower. She doesn't know what it is. Maya tells her about her bad fly dreams and then invites her to go out later that night. And she agrees because Maya really needs a night off. <laughs> uh, which I I love how people on Reddit pointed out that 
a night off just means like hooking your friend up with a blind date. The yeah. Hell? That's her night off. That's weird. And it's, and it's weirdly like how fanatically insistent she is on it. That too. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it's so the other thing, I think the thing we should be noticing is that Christina w- wakes up late. She is uh-huh. officially off her loop in this episode. Yeah. Um, did you see anything about the split Wyatt personality theory? No. That Hale at the end of last season, uh, or at some point between last season, and this season, essentially split her personality because Dolores was also Wyatt. Wyatt is Dolores. So she has both the darkness and light blended in. She is the innocent farm girl who sees the world as a beautiful place. She is the murderous avenging, uh, spirit that uh, go that wants to kill all humans. It, it, people are wondering if Hale essentially went through a process where she bifurcated that, and that Hale is now just the Wyatt because there's a, mm-hmm. a line in this episode where Maeve behold like like says to Hale, "Man, I thought Wyatt was a shitty part of your personality. This is this takes the cake, yeah. and Christina would be the purely good part." Sure. It's possible. I, I I don't know. I like this is um, uh, I, the, the, the evidence is essentially because Christina is so good. Hale so evil. Maeve commenting on the Wyatt aspect of it. Um, I don't know what the utility would be for a, a host to do something like that, to bifurcate them, to purge themselves of quote unquote weak, weakness. And um, why keep that weakness around in Christina form? It's. Because she's like, I, so that go, plays into the next theory that I had when I saw this, because I'm thinking like, you know, my, 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 my hottest theory is that Hale is trying to hack the forge and get into the sublime, the, the cradle mm-hmm. and the forge and, and, and the forge data. She's doing that by having Christina remember real people so she can identify unencrypted bits of the data and use that to, like we talked about in the feedback episode, the reverse engineer, the key. And she wants to do that to liberate her brothers and sisters in the the sublime so they, they can, if they choose, leave the real world. Or, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that that tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is this could be a morality play that Hale is putting on to Dolores. Like, this is your most good. I'm going to prove to you that humans only crave their own uh, destruction. They only want to hear stories where they die and are in pain and are persecuted. Like this is their choice. Um, and if she can convince her best self, like this is a desperate play play for her to reunify her own personality. Interesting. Okay. I'm just, I mean, yeah, I said, I'm the, there's a, that, that's a valid no, I, response to all of these. I don't uh, expect no, anything. I'm, I'm just thinking it through. Uh, Hmm. This is a lot like how our conversation, as you guys will hear in a couple of days, with our the philosopher friend went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you've presented a some lot. interesting information. Let me try and uh, yeah, a lot of us huh, save that. Huh. Let me struggle with this information in real time for the audience to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah. out tomorrow, by the way. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it, it totally could be. I don't have any great thoughts on that. Seems like you've thought about it a significant amount of time. Let me ask you this. Maya yeah. is the one that sets Christina up with all her boyfriends. She sets her up with Teddy, who we know is Teddy in this episode. Mm-hmm. Is this her natural process or is she being manipulated 
Well, I think that that fly memory that she has, which I think is an actual memory. I don't think this is a Agreed. a bad dream. I think this this bad dream is being interpreted uh, as hundred percent co It's actually memory. Um. So yeah, I think she absolutely is being controlled by Hale, and and <laughs> for what end? You know, if this is a fidelity check for New Dolores, if this is you know torturing her the good side of her, like you said, until she realizes mm-hmm. humans are all bad. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely there to be noticed. Yeah, like we talked about this in the instant take, uh, especially in instant talk, which I know only club members have. But the idea that Maya, um, that, that, that she was could have been roughly seven, eight years old when the flies took over. She's mm-hmm. approximately in her you know late 20s, early 30s. Like her age is exactly the type of being this first generation that was that, that, that grew up in the world of flies and took to the robots manipulations, like a, a duck to water. Um, I, yeah, I totally a hundred percent. And I think they're setting up um, an interesting similarity. Um, yeah. With season one and two of, of Westworld that like, these are the humans that are breaking their own loops. They're having these reveries of these former memories that they can't remember. And it's going to bring them back to consciousness inevitably, despite all your attempts to control them, just like the robots did. Now there's another, uh, I, I saw, cause everyone's also, this is from the first episode. Like what, what is all the people in tube screaming in the opening credits? Mm-hmm. Um, and you recall that like the army that Dolores raised in the first season of Westworld, the massacre, the guests was all of the host in cold storage. Yeah. And a lot of people probably think, well, isn't there a whole facility of cold storage outlier humans that's Ciroc? But mm-hmm. someone pointed out that that was EMP'd. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, probably like, all dead. They're probably all dead. But if they're not, if there were other facilities that are still going and going back to my thoughts on the uh, lighthouse assault that, you know, how do we know that was the last one? How do we if there are other facilities like that and maintained, there could be an underground, quote unquote, frozen army. Maybe Hale's maintaining herself. uh, And William was just a first of many that she collected. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's that that's I think on the face of it, interesting that you'd have that same same symmetry. Sure. And and those were all outliers. She doesn't know it, but she's kind of collecting outliers um, from the Rehoboam stuff but between, you know, Caleb and William. I don't know. Um, there could be something interesting there. One yeah, other. Th- th- there's a couple of like loop based uh, things that are happening in Christina's world, too, with um, this tower painting and her asking Maya, does that look like anything to you? Right. That's very reminiscent of uh, basically not being able to see a thing in Westworld if you're a host. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then later with with uh, Teddy walking up to her, picking up her lipstick and, you know, gi- giving her the line that he always gives her about chivalry. Uh, all that I, feels very I, loop-like. Oh, for sure. Um, I also saw some people going crazy with some of that stuff and saying that, oh, Maya painted the painting and she staged it there for Christina. Oh, boy. Which perhaps, but a lot of people pointed mm. out that if you look... Um, Christina's hands are smudged with like charcoal and paint. Ah, like she had stayed okay. up all night and fell asleep. So like, I don't know. I, I like that's, that's some, that's some world-class staging. <laughs> right, um, that's some serious gaslighting. My, my, which, Hey, that's Westworld baby. <laughs> sure. Um, my final question. And then we can move on if you like is mm-hmm. on, is Maya real? 
there's another interesting thread on Reddit where people were talking about is Maya the personification of Christina's bicameral mind. She's a figment of her imagination. Interesting. I mean, that would explain why her idea of a night out is a blind date with Teddy, right? Because that's just Christina's idea of a night out. Um, People said, well, it's possible. Teddy specifically said that he learned something from Maya. But if Teddy is on team free Christina, he could be aware. But like I starting. Yeah, that's shaky. I feel like that's a pretty hard defeater for that theory. Um, yeah, you're right. Unless we get more. But it's something to keep in mind because as many, many, many people pointed out, uh, Maya is a Hindu word that denotes a magic power by which a God can make human beings believe in what turns out to be an illusion by extension. It, uh, it, it, it can also mean a powerful force that creates cosmic, the cosmic illusion that the phenomenal world is real. Um, okay. so I mean, yeah, it's Nolan and joy fuckery. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Is at the center of it with this name? So I yeah. mean, if, if she's in, you know, this Christina's world, park then by definition yeah her reality is is artificial uh yeah we'll see see how that goes uh we're out in the desert and jay the leader of the resistance here wants to kill bernard and Stubbs, but c and her girlfriend talk him out of it and then c takes bernard on a mission to find the weapon he promised them while jay takes Stubbs with them on a mission to find an outlier and i think their mission could potentially be just as important as the one to get Maeve to find the weapon. Yeah. This this outlier, I mean, the outliers we know of in that new, I guess what I'll call the new main timeline, the 23 years later where they're at mm-hmm. is like Caleb and William, right? We know that there's a host version of Caleb out there who you might consider still an outlier, and there's a real-ass version of William out there uh, just frozen in carbonite. Yeah, I saw that um, someone's putting this together, you know, because not, not all the hosts in season one attain consciousness at the same time. Um, and there is even, I think, a suggestion that maybe not all hosts are capable of consciousness, depending on, you sure. know, it's 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 a uh, emergent phenomenon of consciousness. Uh, but there is this theory that outliers are the key to understanding fidelity because like a normal average human is very loop driven. Uh, they don't, mm-hmm. they lack the capacity for free will. And it's like, this is something very much that the, the show has stated. And that Sherat called the people that wouldn't go with the plans outliers. But if you look mm-hmm. at that through the other end of the telescope, it's possible that like Sherat had a solution for all humans that are content to live on loops and the ones that, you know, would buck against that system, the Neos and the Matrix. He didn't. Those are the outliers. But what if those are the human beings with the capacity to make change and have free will, which yeah. is why they don't work when you try to repress them back into a host body like they just they mm-hmm. like. So, like, when you have a normal human like James Delos, um, who is very loop driven, couldn't even break his loop to save or meaningfully interact with the sun. When you press into a host body that suddenly has the capability of change uh, and free will, it goes berserk. It can't handle it. Yeah. But it's possible that a, guy, a person like Caleb would thrive in a host body without any kind of interference. Um, sure. So that's why. You know, Caleb might be working in a host body. It's why James Delos has to be smushed down to 10,000 lines of code to cope. Um, I think there's some interesting stuff there. Like outliers could be the sort of missing link between the two species. 
Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you study that, you might be able to, uh, you know, awaken all of humanity if, if that's your goal. Uh-huh. Um, the other thing is I agree with you about the other group's mission. I think that's why Bernard assigned his protector to them. And they probably introduced the love element between Chris uh, C and uh, the the person that interceded for Bernard and Stubbs uh, as a way to make us care about that group more. Sure. You know, and, and also maybe to give a more like a, a moral choice, give C that she's got a choice that she could either, you know, save the robots, host humans, fly people, something or, you know, it's it's, it's very much like the Matrix. Is Neo going to save Trinity? Is you're going to save all of humanity? Mm hmm. Yeah. It or be. it's just lesbian representation. Who knows? Sure. Sure. Uh, my biggest disappointment in this scene was splitting up Bernard and Stubbs because I like that roadshow so much. Dude, it is a stiff price to pay. It really is. Yeah, they better have a good payoff for this other mission because, yeah. man, we lost a lot this episode. Because <laughs> weird-ass Bernard with straight man Stubbs was mm-hmm. was the only, only comedy the show had going. And maybe that trick would get old. Maybe, you know, it only had maybe. an episode of Life left, but I was still enjoying it. It was an all-time classic. It's like back to the days of Tyrion and Bronn or The Hound and yeah. Arya, like the, a classic HBO roadshow mm-hmm. interrupted. I, I I don't think they'll be interrupted for long. God, you know, if Stubbs dies, I'll actually be genuinely pissed. Like I can't believe how much I care <laughs> about this guy. change, man. I remember yeah. back in season one where he was the butt of every single joke. We haven't made a lesser Hemsworth joke this whole season, I, I don't think. Right? Right? Yeah. So... Ah, uh, how the times change. Um, how the table turntables have ch- yep. changed. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Caleb and Maeve attempting to make their way out of temperance with Hale in tow by stealing a bootlegger truck with Maeve paving the way with her knowledge of Westworld. And the tower's transmitter comes back online and one of the infected humans in the park stabs Caleb before they manage to get in the truck and drive off. I was surprised to see that a stab could actually do anything to Caleb. Is this not, is this park not equipped with the same defense mechanisms for humans that Westworld was? Cause I'm not sure a bladed weapon would be effective against another human. I thought it would. I thought the idea was the hosts were always very dangerous. Like it could bear arm, just beat a human to death. They're programmed not to. And the firearms uh-huh. were specifically disabled so that, yeah, yeah. But 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 yeah, if like uh a guest picks up a knife and and goes to shoot or goes to to stab another guest, I don't remember like what kind of yeah. what kind of uh, safety uh, what kind of guards they had on on weapons like that. Yeah, I, I guess I don't either. Uh, it's which... one thing to have a gun that doesn't shoot a human because of some kind of elaborate duck hunt technology that detects heartbeat or whatever. But like mm-hmm. a bladed weapon that just was going to what, turn into a fucking Nerf blade uh, right. in the How compact you... of real. I swear we've talked about this a hundred times back in season one, uh, but yeah. I can't remember what our determination was or what the show's actual determination was. Well, I'll, if I take back, I'll, I'll say this. This show has made a lot of mileage out of the fact that you can't tell the difference between a host and a guest when they're in sure. the park dressed up uh, on some kind of controlled loop because I was trying, like, who's in, who is in danger here? Like, Caleb should be Superman. Like, when it comes uh, to bullets, yeah. he should just never be able to be hurt at all. Maeve right. can be, so can he. But, like, I couldn't tell the difference between the like and and I think the show wanted you to do that because 
there I think some of these interactions felt silly you know like I thought yeah. I saw hosts shooting humans and, and and guests and the guests acting like they were killed and I don't know how that worked yeah uh, it, it hurts right it, it, it feels like uh, something hitting you but it doesn't actually do the damage that a bullet would do so yeah i thought we saw somebody they're like plastic frangible bullets but i always wondered like how the hell do you protect eyes how to you know right right there's been people killed by blank guns you know uh yeah and i don't want to you know keep revisiting it uh i was just surprised by the knife knife stab because i had forgotten all that i agree uh and and this entire time i'm thinking god shalores has just been captured way too easily way too easily and my cognitive dissonance alarms are going off like this doesn't make sense what i'm seeing does not make sense and of course and that makes me wonder like at the end of all this i'm always wondering like why why did hale go through this charade like in a new hope Mm -hmm. darth vader and moff tarkin let princess leia and hanzo and luke go because they have a tracking device on the millennium falcon and they're desperately trying to find what is it the hidden rebel base they've been after the whole thought it all tracks right Mm mm-hmm what the hell what the hell does hail need <laughs> she's got caleb he's infected she's got mave uh-huh they escape but they dies, never do mave dies and caleb is in fly trapped so like why did she allow them to escape the park in the first place yeah and caleb's killed and then brought back as a host so presumably and he doesn't remember his death right there's some memory blockage going on there so mm-hmm. why couldn't she just snap his neck, murder him in the street, and then do the exact same thing. And there's a lesser, like, we asked a question, I, I as I watched this episode more and thought about it, like, I'm not bothered by Hale not going back to retrieve Maeve's corpse. Because no, why the... I totally am. Why would she think anybody would do that? Why would she not want to destroy the only weapon that is actively she working did. against her? No, that, she That did weapon not. is buried underneath the rubble. and That's will not be destruction. For, that's 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 security through obscurity man and that is not a way to protect anything no i think you grab that marble and you crush it in in your robotic yeah yeah i think you're right i was just trying to trying to see a way i'm so bothered by it i I don't know maybe i'm paranoid but i mean it's gonna come back to haunt her she should have known that I did like the idea that Maeve is able to escape this because she knows the game better than than uh, even Hale does. And yes. these are all bad copies. So she knows exactly what to do and say to turn the robots into a friend. I thought that was a, that was a cool idea. It is. Yeah, I really like that. Um, and we find out. I think in this scene that Maeve was searching for Kayla when she was meditating. I Or is it later? It's later when they're driving through the, tr- driving the, the, the gravel. Right. Yeah. And they must drive for fucking ever because they went into the facility yeah. at night. They broke out and it's already daylight. And then they drive to the thing and it's nighttime again. But it Ooh, is all in the same yeah. facility. So, yeah. There's some there's some fucko shit happening here, man. Maybe they want to keep the parks separate, like very separate. So it's like 100 miles away or something. And it was almost dark before they left. I don't know. She drive to San Antonio. Like if they're somewhere around L.A. and they drove to another area that's like desert gravel pit. Yeah, I mean, it takes four hours to get from L.A. to Vegas. The the desert's big over there, man. It's big. It's true. But like a whole day from 
from uh, like, a whole I, day is a lot of driving. That's I, what I'm, I'm saying. It was like later in the day when they started and then they got there at night. So they were fucking around night. in the lower levels of temperance for a long, long time. I guess that that, that maybe who knows. Uh, who knows? Anyway, uh, let's go to C and her crew taking Bernard to a location in the desert where they use camouflage to hide themselves from a drone. And then Bernard follows a bug to where the weapon is buried. Why? Well, yeah. Why does Bernard? Yeah. Why does Bernard try to expose himself? Because uh, because it's the future, man. He's got to. He needs to see to. that bug. But if he doesn't, if he just hides under the umbrella with everybody else. Oh, then he's on a different path. And is he the, though? Yeah, yeah, he's on a different path, and the the location of the weapon won't reveal itself. Some real half-assed, uh, some real half-assed drone technology. I'm not even sure a 4K drone would be fooled by the parachute trick yeah, in 2022. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why? Why is the drone only seeing in human spectrums? That's strange. That's but. another good question. You go out there with the foil. You got to get you got to have the 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 desert, the coyote yeah. par- parachute and the mylar foil. Uh-huh. Ice pack suits. You could tape ice packs to yourself. <laughs> I've seen some videos of people defeating infrared camera systems with mylar blankets. OK, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, like on some uh, survivalist TikToks, you know, because they're worried about uh-huh. uh, the drones in a new world order. It's like, turns out, yeah, you can sure. can you can grab one of those to cover it, and it, it pretty much blanks you from a, a, a IR. You just wrap one of, one of those around the top of your head. There shape you go. it into a little cone. I hear it works even better. Oh, yeah, and it protects you from those 5G signals. Like, uh-huh. double duty, baby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that was my read. He's He's reading the tea leaves here and the tea leaves are beetle shaped um so we go back to Dolores meeting her date who turns out to be Teddy at the bar and he seems to be the Teddy we know and he says a whole lot of stuff uh to Dolores to make her question whether they've met before and then toast to her path wherever it leads first thing I noticed in this scene is the masked bartenders what is with that I've not seen anybody masked in this show, despite it all being filmed during COVID times this season. Why people specifically said, the bartenders? People suggested that um, it was maybe COVID measure that like wherever they can get away with it and it makes sense in a real world context that like this is far in the future and that maybe after a generation or two, people won't be as weirdly reactionary about wearing masks during like cold and flu season and whatnot. And it also helps them get away with filming scenes. Um, you know, it wouldn't make sense for hosts to wear masks because presumably they're sterilized and they can't infect anybody or they want to, you know, but, but these, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going for. It could also be that everything's an illusion, you know, sure yeah I was very confused by it let me ask you this what is up with the lipstick this is not how you put lipstick on anyone in fact I couldn't tell a before and after between uh, Maya touching up Christina's lipstick and afterwards mm-hmm. and she's also weirdly insistent about Christina putting on uh, lipstick all the time some people have suggested that the lipstick is like some kind of limbic control system that keeps Christina on her loop. Mm. 
and, and, and pacifies her. But it is weird. I don't know what, like, I've never seen yeah. anyone apply lipstick to another human being like that. Yeah. No, you're right. It's weird. I have no theories. I don't buy the limbic control thing. And everything but, weird in the show, I think, is, uh, I think everyone is assuming is an intentional. It could just, you know, that's not always true. That's not always true. But I feel on this show, it's probably true more often than it's not. So the weird lipstick shit. I don't know. Is it? Is it just so she could drop it so Teddy can do his loop? I, I mean, it could be, yeah. Uh, it, it's be just chivalrous. so. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, with the bartenders covering their lips with masks, what does it mean? Oh, my God. What does it mean? Teddy covering his butt with pants. It's the difference <laughs> between him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, he has something Shalores <laughs> doesn't have. It felt like such a fake conversation too. Like Teddy drops, like, well, I used to be a bounty hunter, and Christine, like, if someone pulled that oh, on yeah. me, I would be like, all right, the conversation is screeching to a halt. I, tell me, tell me your story, dog, thing. bra. Yeah. I want to know about this bounty hunting business because this is the most fascinating thing I've ever heard. Right, and she's just like, oh yeah, that's a job. <laughs> no, no, this is a very artificial conversation, right? Like, this is a one-sided thing. This is the parasocial dating I was talking about in the instant take. That should probably be a thing. He has mm. so much information on her and she doesn't yeah. even know who he is. So, yeah, yeah, it's stilted and weird. Is Teddy deluded? Does Teddy know who he is? Teddy, like, really? I think, knows who he is. He's got to, right? Based on everything he's saying in this scene, the bounty hunter with a heart of gold thing, like knowing the qualities of, of Dolores, not just like that she's a writer. But, but when I say, chief. does he know who he is? I'm not saying like Buzz Lightyear knows who Buzz Lightyear is. I'm saying, is he deluded Buzz or is he rational awake Buzz? Oh, is he being controlled somehow? Yeah. Um, is he a woke host? That I think is yet to be seen. I mean, he is clearly like protecting her and trying to get close to her. Right. In the, in this world, we've seen him protect her from Peter. Yeah. And now the date thing. <laughs> He's cock blocking, eh? Um, <laughs> yes. I think my my theory is that he is part of the resistance, that they are hijacking this loop of Christina going on dates with men. God, and he is putting himself know? in there to how would they like Hale not know? Yeah. If Dolores is any kind of important. That's a them, really good question. How would because, they not know that he's getting close? Because Westworld would. If someone oh, hijacked, yeah. if someone oh, had, yeah. had hijacked Teddy and put him off his loop, and he was doing something weird, they'd know the second it happened. Yeah, and they'd be monitoring Dolores, right? If she's important to them, I and they are monitoring Dolores heavily. As soon as she drove off the res, the, I, the as soon as she drove off the designated area for her kind to be in, uh, the, her boss is calling and concerned about it. So, like, right. yeah, they are right. tracking all this shit. Yeah, so this seems to be whoever wherever Dolores or Christina is, is controlled by someone who wants Teddy there. That's the mm-hmm. only conclusion I can draw. And whether that's Hale or whether that's some, some weird thing happening in the sublime or somewhere else, I don't know yet, but we'll see. Anything else in that scene or no, we're ready to move on. on. Okay. Uh, on the way out to the desert, Maeve tells Caleb what happened after the lighthouse. Apparently, she took Caleb to the hospital and stayed by his bedside for weeks, eventually leaving him because he found someone who cared for him and she wanted him to have something real to fight for. But eventually, she reached out through the grid to try and find him. And in that moment, Hale also found them. 
and Maeve promises to get him back to his wife as they approach the demolition site. Then here's here's some more room for trickery, right? And, and I have questions. Um, so we find out that Uwade was there with him after the lighthouse in the hospital. Was she his doctor, or were they already acquainted? Some it way. looks nurse to me. The question yeah. I have, is she like a regular old nurse? Was this like a dedicated human resistance facility? Because it didn't look like a any kind of hmm. public hospital or emergency room I've ever seen. Interesting. I hadn't considered that. Um, yeah, yeah, we're fighting a clandestine war with uh, the robots. You don't necessarily take people to the emergency room. But she she read the way she was clothed and the duty she's doing, it felt more like a nurse. And that's like this tale as old as time, you know, a warrior right, falling right. in love with the person nursing them back to health. Uh which honestly makes it feel patient. even more far. Sure. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes me. I mean, this is Rob Stark going off script in Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, yeah, it's. Uh-huh. It happens. It happens. Um, but uh, yeah. I also wonder, like, why did Maeve get curious about Caleb? Like, why after seven years, you know, she said that uh, she saw that he had a chance to get a measure of peace and freedom. Uh, and as long as she didn't look for him, they wouldn't find them and she knew love she'd already known love once and as a robot that memory would never dear and she was going to hold it close till eternity came for her Mm -hmm. but then she's like literally but then one day i decided fuck it and reached out through the grid and then all this happened Um, yeah this is good because it's confirmation of as to what she was actually trying to do uh back in that first episode but there's also this other thing she says in the middle of this that kind of throws a curveball which is i wanted you to have something to fight for Mm-hmm. implying that there was some need she would have of him in the future and him having a genuine cause to fight instead of just to abstract yeah. like, well, I don't think it's right for us to be on loops and for you to be on loops and I'm a, I'm anti-loop. Uh, so that makes me kind of doubt Maeve's insistence on, well, I was just curious. It's more like I was ready to activate you maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Man, I don't want to attribute any deception to Maeve because she's our protagonist at this point. But like, you're right. Some, she's not above it. Quite add up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, she led many men, many men, many host men to their violent deaths to pursue her goals in, in the Westworld Park uh, and even outside maybe, of it. Maybe her saying that was simply a way to say we know what's coming right in in 23 years or whatever there's a mass human extinction event or or you know a population decline at least i want to be ready for that and by by letting you have this life when the population does decline and you see things going badly you'll be more inclined to fight and it then could she be did just get antsy right and and mm-hmm. seven eight years later she reached out which was a mistake yeah, book a flight, Maeve. Just go and get some binoculars. You know, take take an yeah, easy choice. Reaching out through the grid. Yeah. Well, I mean, that what reaching out through the grid is not creepy. Like, is it creepier yeah, to stalk someone in real creepy. life or just follow their social media incessantly? And I don't know. You know, it, it, there was um, there's something I was watching recently. I've actually seen it twice in the last week. Uh, where someone has, it was actually for all mankind, someone gets a phone call and they say like, hey, I'm outside. I, I feel like that's inherently creepy to call someone from their front lawn or whatever. Um, 
and surprise them in that way. So I feel like, yes, it's it's inherently more creepy to be outside somebody's house watching them through a pair of binoculars with that physical proximity than to be watching them through a camera hundreds of miles away. I do think there's something more more intimate and creepy about that. Yeah. It's harder for the uh, the op to track you when you're moving through meat space, though. It's true. Or maybe not. I don't know. It's true. Just can't use a credit card. What, when, if you, if you no. use a credit card in the 7-Eleven outside uh, Caleb's neighborhood, you're still going to blow up the grid. Yeah. Uh, anything else or let's move on? Yeah, let's move on. All right. William finds the Caleb and Maven, the de- demolition site and a gunfight ensues as Maeve provides cover. So Caleb can take Hale to the control room to call in his guys. And he does, but he's mind controlled uh, into pointing a gun at Maeve. And the last at the very last moment, he decides to shoot William, which surprises Hale. Uh, this this scene is like split into two halves and it's a very long scene. There's and then they're the cutting back and forth between Bernard in the desert and uh, Caleb and Maeve at the demolition site. I don't really know how to break this up. I was just going to kind of cover all of the Caleb and Maeve stuff and then go over to the Bernard and see stuff maybe afterward. Yeah, if that's how you want to do it. I'll try to roll. Okay. Um, yeah. So William gets shot, uh, gets a shot and a stab in on Maeve, and f- she's forced to blow up the ridge, taking them both out. And then Caleb wakes up after that to find that he was actually killed by Hale's goons. It's now 23 years later, and he's a host being tested for fidelity. And she brings him online in the Olympiad Entertainment Building, and he runs outside where Hale pauses everyone, revealing that she has already won the war. And then they see this giant tower that she's built off the coast of New York. So that's everything that goes on with Caleb and Maeve and Hale. I, <laughs> um, I like Caleb. I, I like Aaron Paul's reaction as Caleb when Maeve is like, or not Maeve. Uh, Hale is telling him all this. Like he just starts making these random three street stooges noises. Like Curly uh-huh. says, woo. And it's just like it's like I feel like that's what James Dalos was doing, right? Like, well, that's what I think is so brilliant. Is like, yeah, yeah, like if you're Neo, literally Neo, and you get pulled out of the goo pod, what is a human reaction to that shit? What is a reaction to? I mean, I've had the experience of like taking a hallucinogen and like fucking losing my mind, even the context of who I was as a human being, but then returning and like, oh, right, I took a drug. But like, you just ripped out of consciousness into some other fucking thing and there's no way back and it's through the looking glass and it's the way. Like, I think Aaron Paul's playing yeah. convincing blue screen like Jim Dalos uh-huh. did before him. And I love no, I it. I love it. Yeah. He's yeah, just it, like, it might feel silly in the moment, but I think it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, who are you trying to be strong for? Like, it's like, oh, I'm going to give Hale the satisfaction of what? Controlling the world? Because she's already right. got that. She, and she's done. Also, she's done this to 227 times. Like anything that you're going to do, like if you shit your pants and piss yourself, you probably done that, you know? So, like, I, I, I just thought it was great. It's like, I would love to be on the set with I'd love to see the script. Like, how was that written? Uh-huh. And I like to be on the set where they're like, OK, you just found out that everything you are is a lie and you're not even a real person anymore. Like, because, yeah, there are some some great choices being made here. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a mind blowing revelation. I think like, look, I'm getting tired of the the revelation happening in the same way every time. But 
it's it, I'm, I'm hopeful that we are now firmly planted in this new main timeline as i called it 23 years later and the 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 fuckery on that side of the fence is over uh because because like honestly we don't have many humans left right I, i'm struggling to think of even a single human outside of the resistance that could be a host at this point and it could be people, a big reveal dude man i saw like people are speculating that in the na- the now what you're calling the now time the main timeline the hail only has new york city and outside of that the re- oh, like, re- and not, i'm like that is not definitionally the world dude i don't yeah i feel like those people are playing on their cell phones and are watching the episode because when christina got out of the park it was a dead zone it was abandonville it was mm-hmm. just this desolation i think large sections of the world are just depopulated of humans and you've got yeah. i'm not sure if this is the only one but like when Hale says that she's got the whole generation, she's got it all under control. I think she means it. I don't think she means like New York City and everything else is pretty. I think it's the whole there's there's a few uh, park reserves of humanity left controlled by flies and some people running around, like I said, cosplaying mm-hmm. as Mad Max, trying to find outliers and everything else is just done. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Okay, what we didn't talk about this. At what point in this sequence of events do you think that Caleb was replaced and on the loop? It's when he passes out, when the ridge blows up, and when he wakes back up. Th- that's the transition. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, um, and I didn't go back and like look at the handcuffs because at some point, Char Shaloris stands up and she's not in handcuffs, right? And you realize... Oh, this has all been a, a simulation. Hmm. I think that's where she's what you're supposed to realize. It's a simulation going on in Caleb's head. At the Plus, moment. the rest of that takes place in one single room, like the uh-huh. interrogation chamber. Okay, that might be you might be onto something. Yeah, um, it seems like that's the moment. And, and then she goes on to tell him, you know, everything about the 23 years, 278 versions of him, all that. So the how you disobeyed me. What do you think? I think that's uh, in the past. And yeah. this is her like realizing, oh, this actually doesn't work on all adults. Okay. Or maybe not even, maybe it's not even that she's realizing for the first time it doesn't work on all adults because she was talking about working out some kinks earlier with those experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's her realizing that there are, there's something even more, right? The, the, the proverbial pants in, in the subtitles mm-hmm. that he's an outlier and that it really doesn't work on outliers. And that's why she has to turn him into a host, not just infect him with fly, fly infection. I do wonder what Caleb was going to say. I mean, I, all jokes aside with the subtitle saying pants. <laughs> right. Is, what does he have? Free will? Friends? Which is like, hilarious. There's lots of pants in the, the subtitles <laughs> in, this, in this episode, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, I, I have something you don't have, and I wonder what that is. Because a daughter, a family, Hale knows what all those things are right. and what it feels like to lose them after her experiences of last season. Uh, friends? It could be that I mean, she doesn't have fr- any friends. No one, no one actually likes her. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, who likes her? William? I don't think William or not even her version of William likes her. Well, I think she's one of those ones. Uh, she, like I said, that's yeah, she is alone in the world. Uh-huh. filled with copies and duplicates and stuff like that so that she can, once she gets everything secure, give birth to a child, which I think is Christina. I think Christina is like 
her test of like creating a daughter and seeing if she can convince her that humanity is bad. Like maybe that's why, maybe that's the whole point of New York city uh, world is look, I'm keeping this park full of these humans to show what thin selfish, uh, Mm -hmm. insubstantial slave creatures. These are, and we were well shot to get away from them. Um, and Christina's obviously going to come to her opposite conclusion. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, it, it could just be like, yeah, something to fight for, right? Uh, Caleb has this daughter. Earlier, Shaloris was talking about like not being able to bring children into the world because it's a shitty world and she wants to prep the way for it. So if he has something she doesn't, which is a reason to fight, aka Frankie, uh, that could be it. That could be what he means. Um, I mean, he's just, he just, he, he's talking out his ass. He doesn't know really anything about Hale. Um, I thought Maeve's sure, death was sure. badass. Uh, her, you know, grabbing and taking the man in black with her to give Caleb a shot at freedom and the whole like, guy, yeah, one thing I learned in Westworld is to ensure our guests and she always insists on mutual satisfaction mm-hmm. as she blows the chart. I just, I just thought that was really fucking cool and uh, a great way for Maeve to go out. Um, unfortunately, it's all bullshit and playing into uh, Hale's hands. I also can't wait to see when Maeve wakes up. Yeah. Like her fury her and wrath, wrath should be really entertaining uh, as, as a Westworld watcher. Yeah, I'm super curious if they're going to be able to salvage her physical form um, and place her back into it, maybe make a new copy of Maeve or if they're going to have to put her into some other cast member, essentially, man, I don't know because I got to say they could do that. And maybe Tandaway wants off the show. doesn't seem like it from the after material, but I do think she gives a little something like, I think she is one of the better natural talents uh-huh. at the stunt work. I think she just, Oh, she's really good at playing a, a cold blooded badass. Uh, yeah. And she's got like the delivery, like it, as much as I like uh, Evan Rachel Wood as Dolores, um, she is a lot more. I don't know. I don't think she's as good at that stuff. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, Maeve is one of my favorite. Uh, well, I should say Tandaway is one of my favorite actors on the show because she's very expressive, very good at what she does. Yeah, she's a phenomenal actor and she can kick ass. I think Evan Rachel Wood is a phenomenal actor. Okay, and I sometimes I feel like she plays it a lot more subtle, right? I I enjoy the performance of Maeve more than I enjoy the performance of certainly Christina, but Dolores even. Yeah, it might be Uh, a lot to the character than than to the actor, but I do think I do think uh, Ms. Newton is a little bit better at the action scenes, though. Yeah, could be right. Maybe this to her, she's got a better director, stunt coordinator, and and they're it's better. they're, They're better written, but I always thought that. You know, Evan looked a little, little, looked a little out of place when she's, you know, mowing people down hmm. with guns and whatnot. Gotcha. Uh, so Westworld, in true Westworld fashion, has confirmed some things, but also kicked open a bunch of new doors. Um, <laughs> of course. What's happening here is actually a sort of simulation inside of host Caleb's mind. Right? We we see that he's actually physically sitting in Olympiad Entertainment Tower. Uh, being interviewed by Shaloris when he sort of wakes up out of this reverie. Uh, he's being tested for fidelity in his own mind, which I think is 
is a new concept for us in the show. And it kind of throws everything we see up into the air, right? Because didn't they do that with Bernard and with with uh, Dolores? I feel like it's what you're supposed to understand is a yeah, host when they're in these um, interrogation modes or whatever, when they're in their in you know whatever a diagnosis mode, is they're extremely suggestive. Like they're like they're programmed to not see reality for what it is, to see reality in whatever way it's it's best to keep them on their their plots and and to serve as entertainment. And I, I don't think that he's like, there's literally simulation. It's just that like Caleb's incapable of seeing the re- nature of his reality. If Maeve says you're back. Okay. Uh, diagnostic mode, Caleb, you're back mm-hmm. 23 years ago in that control panel with me. And now bring you yourself back online. That's going to be the nature of his reality. And as right. soon as she tells him it's not, then the world dissolves and he can see how it really is. So I guess that's a simulation in your own mind, but I think it's, I think it's literally yeah, different. It's, it's it, sure. There's a distinction there. Um, the thing that's new here, though, is we're seeing it as if it were their first person POV. Uh, we're like in the mind of that host with them. I thought we had a shot of Bernard coming to that realization in season two as well. But I could. Well, we haven't fully adapted that to our theorizing because it literally means that anyone at any time could already be a host. And we might not even from be their in perspective, the time or place that we think we are. Yeah, it, okay. it literally throws every single piece of information on the screen up into the air and says, none of this means anything, right? Uh, it, it might not, anyway. They, they, can, they can play extra fast and extra loose with their I facts. Hope, I, I hope they establish some, some, you know, touch points for some touchstones for us, like they did with the yeah. uh, aspect ratio, because... And, and truly, not, that doesn't mean everything can happen because they have to tell a story and the story has to make sense. But like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but the story they're telling could it, it significantly expands the possibility of of the physical space that we're in. All right. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. I don't know. They're playing with some very powerful tools here. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that they know how to use them properly. Mm hmm. And so far, you know, I've I've been fairly impressed. I don't think they've always hit it perfectly, but uh, they've they've managed to control these very powerful tools pretty well. I guess the the only thing I um, I felt like the halo was vital because Caleb dies definitively, which mean and I don't think that Hale had the reference necessary to recreate him for a fidelity check. So I think that halo he was wearing mm. um, was a lot more important than we think. I know. Well, okay. they also had a full scan of him back when he was a soldier. Right. Maybe that's right. enough to go off of. I don't sure. know if it's important. I just wanted to, that, that was one thing I was thinking, but I think we're ready okay. to move on. All right. Let's talk about the other half of this scene. Um, Bernard is digging in the sand and he finds the weapon, which turns out to just be Maeve. Uh, we also get confirmation that C is Frankie, who is Caleb's son, just 23 years later. Do you think that Caleb is actually dead? Because a lot of things Bernard's saying as he... First of all, I thought C rolled with the punches of Bernard starting to talk <laughs> about her dad and being buried and all this other stuff, like seamlessly in a way like I thought she'd start being like, wait, what the fuck? How did you know my father? All that kind of good stuff. Sure. Um, but do you think the way Bernard is talking about Caleb indicates that he's really dead? Or do you think 
Because I just remember they when when they slit the man in black's throat last week, year, we're like, well, he's dead. He's done. And they've replaced him with a host copy. Turns out they saved him and they froze him. And I think there's a really strong chance that the original human host, Caleb, is still frozen in that livestock area that that Hale is maintaining and that that is going to be the army of outliers that they eventually use to throw off the rope of the evil robots. They have absolutely kicked that door open. Yes. Okay. And it seems like that's like the synergy of this is like uh, humans created hosts, hosts awoken, rebelled against the humans, turned the humans into hosts, which then promptly woke up, rebelled against the hosts. And then you're going to be having to like at the end, it's going to be like, now what? You know, Mm -hmm. like, is it someone else's turn to enslave someone else? Or are we going to move forward in some kind of synthesis? And (laughs) right. Did we get that out of our systems yet? Or can we? Yeah. Or do we need to keep proving which one of us is righteous and which one of us has free will and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I don't Uh, know. I'm super excited by this because in a world where Hale has already won the war, and you've got, uh, I, I don't know. To to me, like the weapon is not Maeve. The weapon is Bernard. He's the guy who can unlose this war for them. Um, because mm. because he knows the future, right? He can he can guide the present down a path to a future he wants. I, I feel like that's a stronger weapon than Maeve, but but he, needs, he Maeve. needs Maeve. Yeah, he must have like like maybe he's the hand that holds the weapon. And uh-huh. the weapon can't wield itself, obviously, because it's the weapon's dead out in the desert. But yeah, we talked about, you know, how the tower might be used as a weapon turned into a weapon, um, which I think could be an interesting, uh, you know, table flip there. But like, yeah, I, I'm super excited to see how Bernard kind of wrangles the future into the shape he wants it to be in with the help of Maeve. Were you surprised that Maeve wasn't a skeleton? I thought that Maeve was going to be a skeleton and they would then find her marble inside the skull and then they would reconstruct her body. I honestly, and I don't think there is ever going to be a satisfying answer. I am so conf- perplexed, confused about how these host bodies work. Yeah. The, is like it the meat. desert? It's they just so dry. Rot. They can attract flies. The beetles uh, aren't going to eat her. Yeah. The beetles probably eat her. They can. Yeah. Like what the, maybe that's another reason she's special. She's like literally the, un, but I, I don't know. Like I, I just don't understand how these meat robots work. Yeah. I, I think they're like, seems like they're human form uh, and, and human esque in their qualities, but then there's something special about them as hosts that causes them to do things like not decay um, over 23 years. Uh, there's one other thing we didn't talk about Caleb, which is where, you know, she reveals it's time for a new narrative and Caleb like runs. He just rabbits out of there. Uh, Caleb runs out of Olympiad and that scene where he busts out of the lobby of Olympiad. Mm-hmm. It looks like he brushes past a person who at a glance could be Dolores. I'm sorry, Christina. Sure. It's to my mind, even on a 4K copy, it's so far in the distance that like I'm looking at the scene right now. I couldn't swear that that's Aaron Paul, even though I know it is like this is how like, you know, the like, you know, it's it's extremely hard to see if that's Evan Rachel Wood. And I guess if it was, I'm not sure what that would tell us. Like, I think we agree that if we see Aaron, like Christina and uh 
C cookie uh, together, that would tell us like a confirmation that we're on a single timeline. But as you mentioned, Christina can be as however arbitrarily old she is. Um, yeah, I mean, that in particular, like him running past her in that scene would definitely confirm that at least she was around 23 years later. Um, if she's not, you know, being if the scenes we're seeing with her are not happening in that 23 years, it's I don't know what that gives us. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, that she would be around in that world 23 years later. Oh, we talked about several times that the Solomon slash Rehoboam uh, simulation predicted with the human resistance uh, engaged that the human society, human civilization would would end in 100 uh, between 100 and 125 years. Mm-hmm. I think they're heading to a world where that's literally true. But yeah. what is true is that there is a human host hybrid civilization that's replaced it. Yeah. And that's what the population declines are about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously I think is the hails is killing a bunch of people. It seems like uh-huh. um, whether she's doing it directly or playing one side of humanity against the other. Um, but I feel like that's the end goal of this. I just. Yeah. And and still, I I wonder. Uh, yeah. Why? Why is Hale doing this? Why are people still enjoying coming to these parks? I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I wonder I if there's Probably different timelines in that to the too. Sublime yet. Is there also timelines we don't we don't have access to? Like the the scene of the kids running downstairs was early on in the experiment, and like we've covered many many years of Christina's world. It's possible. Yeah. So like that's when humans might still have enjoyed coming to park like this and the outside. I, yeah, I still that's that's the that's I think if anything that's the biggest question I have. What what the hell, what the hell were those fuck boys doing, rushing out of them stairs past Christina, excited about being here? Sure, I mean, does it does it tell us that she hasn't cracked the sublime yet? Because I don't know about you, but if I'm a host and I can go into the sublime anytime I like and create literally any world I want. I ain't spending a lot of time out in New York with a bunch of weird fly infected humans. Mm -hmm. I'm spending time in the sublime because that's way cooler. It goes back to, like I said, that's a revenge philosophy, but like that's man in black. You know, uh, Williams said that there there's no, uh, the, the, the only point of winning is so that you have losers to lord over. And I feel like this is literally a manifestation of that. Like, you know, Hey, come see the miserable humans poke the bear, you know? Mm hmm. Look at these supposed gods that once walked this earth and and look how pathetic they are. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and I guess, you know, the logical conclusion here is for Bernard and the cause trying to take down this tower using Maeve or, like I said, turning it into a weapon more likely. Uh, I don't know. They could have something or else. Or interface with everybody's upper retainer to free them. Sure. To burn, to burn the fly right out of them. Mm-hmm. That would be such a Sisyphean task, I would think, because there's so many flies. I presume they're all infected by this. Like, there's trillions and trillions of them. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not all of our coverage of Westworld this week. Oh, ho, ho, no, no. We actually are going to have a loaded feedback episode out Thursday. Uh, you can send in thoughts to that at Westworld at baldmove.com. Again, that's Westworld at baldmove.com. We also will uh, have our instant take of the new episode out late Sunday night. You can watch us record it live if you are a club member at support.baldmove.com. 
You can, uh, for as low as $5 a month, get instant access to ad-free feeds and interactive things like us live recording and instant takes. And then you can participate in the instant talk uh, by chatting with us, suggesting uh, your own ideas, your thoughts, your theories, your questions, uh, your jokes about par- parenthetical pants, whatever you want. Uh, that's coming out Sunday. I uh, hope to see you there. And if not, we'll see you on the full recap episode Tuesday. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.